Good evening, and welcome to the television graveyard. We are your TV necromancers, Laura Prince and Noel Houlihan. We have come here tonight to examine the spirits of past television shows, to find out which ones could be resurrected, should be resurrected, and which ones should just <laughs> stay doomed. This is a podcast in which we will analyze the history, the hype, and the aftermath shows that ran only one season, and in some cases, only one episode. This month, we are in the adult animation plot. Welcome to TV's Noah, on a very special Stay Doomed. I uh, was gonna do that line. Tonight we will be discussing Clone High. A short-lived 2002-2003 MTV... I don't know why I said short-lived. Like, they're not all short-lived. Yeah, surprising. It only runs one season. I tried, It made it to 2003, this one? Uh, Well, when you debut in November. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Turns out it's not that hard. I mean, we've had shows run shorter. Yes. This did get a full 13-episode season. Did it now? It did... It I know, didn't spoilers all, for what's coming up. It didn't all air on MTV, but it did all air in Canada on Teletoons. Yes. Uh, I watched this one live when it was, uh, it was, of course, drawn live. It was a great strain on the animator's hand. It's a Simpsons joke. But I watched this when it came out on MTV. I believe it was their Sunday night block uh, with, I believe, Wild Boys, I want to say. Okay. Uh, and, but I was fanatical about this show and i i don't know why like it was on my radar but i remember when it came out the next day at school being like did you guys watch clone high it was amazing and there was a good two months of my life where i did kennedy impressions all the time. I was going to say, you have a pretty decent Kennedy impersonation. Because <laughs> I used to do it all the time. I used to do his uh, election day speech whenever I could. Uh, oh, man, I don't remember it. Uh, I do shoulders on Tuesday and Ira Thursdays, but not on Fridays because I do my lats. The audio spike on you yelling my lats Mm -hmm. is hilarious. I'll be sure to edit in the correct version of that speech right now. And on Fridays, I do abs and legs, but not calves. As you recall, I do those with my lats on Wednesdays. Or maybe just over what I did. It made it sound like a perfect impression. Yeah, I did not know about this show until I want to say a couple years ago because it's kind of like a cult classic now. It absolutely is. And uh, I, this was kind of on my radar the first time we started talking about this project. Yeah. You were like, well, you have to do Clone High. Yes, we did. (laughs) And I watched like the first two or three episodes. I I remember like, I really wanted to show it to you and I couldn't find a good version of it, and it was split up into, like, seven-minute videos. Yeah, someone... Uh, they did release DVDs in Canada. Mm-hmm. They were, like, $80 on Amazon. Yes. Uh, and some good citizen uh, might have put those in YouTube. Yes, yes, indeed. Thank you, citizen. Uh, but I remember being at a college party, and whenever I go to a party, or if I, if you ever invite me over to your house... 
I will always go through your DVDs. I always just look over and just judge you based on that. And they had the Clone High DVD. And oh I was my just god! Like, Where? What is this? And like, I remember looking at me and like, there's more episodes. Oh. Because I remember being in high school when the show went off the air, trying to download them off Kazaa. Oh my god! Because I wanted them so badly. I really liked this show. This show, yeah. This show made me very, very happy. Uh, Alright, so to recap. I laughed more in the pilot than I laughed for the entirety of Game Over. Yeah, I think you laughed more at the theme song yeah, the, than you did at the entirety of uh, Game Over. The theme song's great. Yeah. Uh, and let, let's, let's take a moment to just talk about that because this is something that bothered me about so many of the other shows is the uh, Game Over theme song barely is a song right and really just establishes incorrect things about the show right the good family it's like them recycling with a panda well you see that part in like one of the last episodes when they're cleaning up the roadway it's a takeoff of that sequence yeah but there's a panda there yeah well that one i think there's a panda in the sequence because it turns into like a disney acid sequence yeah yeah and then Exticles, like, it's just action, action, action. I don't, I don't know how accurate it was because there wasn't we'll enough know. episodes. But, like, there's a there's the, uh, the the laundry guy on a motorcycle who never appears in the show in Exticles. This theme song tells you right away what the show is. I mean, this theme song is a better pilot than a lot of pilots. Yeah. It sets up the world building really nicely. We're gonna we're gonna play it for you right now. Way way back in the 1980s, secret government employees dug up famous guys and ladies and made them using genetic copies. Now the clones are sexy teens. Now they're gonna make it if they try. Loving, learning, sharing, judging. Time to laugh and shiver and cry. What a 2002 theme song. (laughs) Our angst is entertaining. I love it. But I just, I love the fact that it sets up the entire plot. This is why there's clones. Mm -hmm. They're in high school. They're sexy. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? They're going to make it if they try. And that's one of the things I really liked about the show. In a juxtaposition with Game Over, this show didn't spoon feed you a lot of the world building because it didn't have to. No. It's just like, you know you know who Gandhi is. Here's a few things that are different about Gandhi. And the the main characters that we're gonna that we're introduced to in terms of clones are Abraham Lincoln. Yes. Joan of Arc. Yes. Gandhi, Cleopatra, and JFK. And they all share one problem. They all feel this burden to live up with their 
counterparts. I was going to say they all died horribly and untimely. Did Gandhi die horribly? I believe he was assassinated. Gandhi was? I don't know. I don't know anything. It's, It's surprising how dumb I am. He was assassinated. Okay, I'm not crazy. It's surprising how dumb I am how much I like this show. Yeah, everyone... Uh, Cleopatra very famously committed suicide yes, under asp. political duress. Uh, Gandhi was assassinated. Lincoln, Lincoln was, assassinated. I believe, was assassinated. Joan of Arc was executed, and JFK was assassinated. So they all died kind of horribly. But the point I was trying to make is they all have this burden to live up to their uh, their counterparts, right. who they're cloned from, who they're aware of, which is yeah. great. The that is such a high school problem. Yeah. Of just being like, I'm expected to be this. And for this show, though, it's boosted up a million times. Because you're expected to be one of the most famous people in the history of the world. So to have that ridiculous of a premise be like, oh, this hits home. Really speaks to what an amazing show this is. The show is very... They're very human. Like, mm-hmm. surprise, Even... Cleopatra and JFK, who list a little bit into caricature, yeah. still have very human aspects to them. When we are introduced to Cleopatra's foster mom, who's like a drunk version of Amy Poehler from Mean Girls. A drunker version. A drunk, like, <laughs> well, where drunk is her defining characteristic. Instead yeah. of trying to be cool, drunk is Cleopatra's foster mom. Yes. To the point where the character's name is listed as Cleopatra's drunk foster mom. <laughs> That's what uh, Joan of Arc's foster dad calls Cleopatra's foster mom. Oh, really? Now, as you know, I've been courting a fine-looking lady friend for a while now, and she's generously offered to let us move into her home. Cleo's drunk foster mom, come on out here, girl. Cleo's mom? She has a daughter about your age, too. Now, I don't really recall the girl's name. Something like Clee Clee. Cletus? Clee Cletus? That's Cletus. The name Cletus. No, that's not it. Anyway, I'm sure you two will get along. Oh, that's right. It's God, a, the show was good. The show is very smart. Yeah. Which was refreshing, because it's the first show we've had that's been really smart this It's month. been really smart. Uh, so let, let's go through our, our main characters again. Uh, you know, establish them. Uh, Abe is our protagonist. He's, he's an everyman. And, you know, he's Abraham Lincoln as a 16-year-old, so he's lanky and awkward. Yeah, he's really gangly. He's really awkward. Yeah. He's, like, not great with the ladies. Uh, his best friend is Gandhi, who, like, he basically said, uh, the whole inner peace thing was too much stress for me, so I decided to go in the other direction. So he's kind of the sex-crazed, wacky best friend. Yeah, he's, um, it's funny, because this is before John Green books, but they're John Green characters. Like, yes. your everyman protagonist who moons over girls and his person of color, party boy best friend. They're, it's a John Green book. Yeah. Also, yeah. pay attention to every John Green book with The Fault in Our Stars. They're all the same. They're all the same book. Uh, then, the third member of their friend group is Joan of Arc, who is madly in love with Abe. And they really lean into that whole, like, she really wants to tell him but can't. 
but is constantly actually telling him. Yes. And Abe is just too stupid to get it. Literally, she says the phrase, I want you to him, and Mm -hmm. he does not get it. And she's kind of like a goth girl, like very... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to... She's kind of cut in that, like, early 2000s, not goth, but like... Yeah. She's the friend. Yeah. She's got bright red hair. She wears black. She wears boots. She wears like cargo pants. Yeah, she wears cargo pants. She's 2002. Uh, We'll just say this part now. Uh, When I originally watched this show, I was crazy attracted to Joan of Arc. (laughs) Like insanely attracted to Joan of Arc. And then watching this again, I was just like, okay, what did like high school Noah find so attractive? And we were about 10 minutes in before I was like, I'm really attracted to Joan of Arc. Why is this? Why am I so... And go on. Like, I don't know if it's because her hair is red or... I, I just, I don't know. My My working theory, for some reason, it's the weird shape of her spine. She's got like the Hartman hips. Yeah, that that is just like for so it's so unnatural and cartoony. But I'm just like, man, Abe, you're so stupid. Joan of Arc is so attractive. She actually, I realized exactly who she dresses like, and it's not going to mean anything to anybody outside of like our friend circle. Oh, this is good podcast material. I'm sorry. I, she dresses <laughs> like my best friend Shelley did in high school. Okay. But, like, that kind of look, that, like, very tomboyish, standard mm-hmm. issue, like, high school stereotype, which works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleopatra is your standard. Regina George, she's popular. The popular mean girl. Yeah, she's mean, she's popular, boys love her. Yeah, and she's so popular that that's her only quality, is that she knows that everyone loves her. She's ambitious, too. Yeah, yes, she is very ambitious. Which I liked about her character. Uh, JFK is the jock and a horn dog and an idiot. He's the only one who doesn't know a lot about his predecessor. <laughs> Did they establish that? Nothing bad ever happens to the Kennedys. That is my favorite joke. Yeah. <laughs> there are three moments in this show where I turned to Laura and was like, that's my favorite joke of all time. Uh, we know which one was my favorite joke. There was a part, and I want to say ep- the second to last episode, where we had to pause the uh, pause YouTube because I lost it. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to that. Because uh, we still haven't established the principal. Yes. Principal. Oh, my God. What is his name? Slugworth. No. Um, it's not Principal Slugworth? No. You're thinking of... Um, you're thinking of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Scudworth. Scudworth. Excuse me. Principal Scudworth is an evil genius who is the principal of the school. And it's it's a very loose plot because, like, it honestly doesn't come up much. But his plan is to take the clones. He's He's supposed to be watching the clones and working for a shady government agency. But his plan is to steal the clones and open an amusement park. Yes. <laughs> called Cloney Island. Cloney Island. And he has a robot butler named... It, they call him Mr. B, but yeah. I think it's Beasley? No, Mr. Butlertron. Oh, it's Mr. Butlertron. Because he's a robot butler. 
And he calls everyone Wesley. Yeah, he calls everyone Wesley unless it's important to the plot that he uses a name. Yeah, <laughs> but he's great. Like, he's a good character. Mm-hmm. He is a fantastic character. And, like, that that whole dynamic is always just so weird. Yeah. Anything with him is just so strange. But it just adds to the charm of that show. Yeah, it's all very strange. Um, it's... Yeah, he calls everyone Wesley. <laughs> Wesley. And he has a very distinct cadence to his voice. Mm. It's great. But he's always giving, like, amazing advice to people. Yeah, he's... He's almost like Mr. Feeney-esque. He is exactly like Mr. Feeney. <laughs> like, in the pilot, he actually counsels Joan mm-hmm. at, like, the big high school kegger. Yes. Which is, like, such a Mr. Feeney thing to do. Yeah, so our first episode the is... The show, like, okay. overall, the show is, like, a pastiche of high school shows, and then it leans into paradising other uh, other genres, like it'll get into... But I, I think in 13 episodes, they hit a lot of the big... They do hit a lot of the big high school moments. A lot of the big high school moments. A, a lot of the big cartoon moments. Like, this show accomplished a lot in its first season. It really did. Uh, so, the first episode, the pilot here, uh, it's... A race to kind of win favor with Cleopatra. Right. And Cleopatra will favor whoever benefits her the most. Yeah, she's very pragmatic. And JFK is throwing an awesome party. And uh, Abe is not invited, but then he offers to bring the beer. Yes. But he has no idea how he's going to do that. And this right here... It's the super bad plot before super bad. It is. It's the super bad plot. But, like, we establish a problem that's not the main plot of the whole episode. Right. And we see them attempt to solve it in hilarious ways. Mm -hmm. Jokes! Oh my, thank God for jokes! In a cartoon! Who would have thought? I mean, one of the funniest parts of this episode is a background shot where you see the Elvis twins. This is actually another rant I need to go on here. Uh... Sight gags. The importance mm-hmm. of sight gags to a uh, a cartoon are so important. Yes. Uh, for example, they all have they have like a hunker burger that they hang out with. Oh but, my god! But it's called the grassy knoll. <laughs> That's so messed up, and I love it so much. It's a great simple joke, right? And if this was a live action show, that's a two hundred dollar joke because right. you have to make a sign. Right. That says the grassy knoll for just that establishment shot. In a cartoon, that doesn't cost any more than any other scene in the Absolutely. show. So the fact that, like, I now think back to Game Over and I think back to The Good Family and I think back to Exticles. The fact that they're not doing it all the time right. is just wrong for a cartoon. Because... When you have the ability to do anything, write a joke. <laughs> now, it needs to be said early on that the creators of Clone High are uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller of Lego Movie and 22 Jump Street fame. Yes. And uh, Bill Lawrence, who you know best from Scrubs. Now, is he the delivery guy? 
the delivery. Yes. Yeah, he, he's uh, he's Jordan's real life husband. Yes. Okay. And uh, Jordan is the voice of Cleopatra. I will say, uh, knowing that and knowing who did the voice of Joan of Arc kind of ruined it for me. Really? Because for the longest time, it was just like, to me, it was like, that is Cleopatra and that is Joan of Arc. Seeing the girl from Mad TV, whose name I can't remember. Yeah, the girl who dies of rabies. The girl who dies of rabies and Scrubs. Spoiler for Scrubs season whatever. Uh, Seeing that in my head and being able to match that voice up to them, it it kind of made me go, oh, oh. Other people. Like, it reminded me that this was a show. Which is something that... It's weird that, like, I can relate more to a cartoon. Right. Because I'm never going to see... Joan of Arc in another movie playing another character. <laughs> I actually had a lot of moments with this show where I'd be like, oh, that's right. This was the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. At one point, they're at the party and, uh, they're at the party and, you know, Abe has chosen Cleopatra over Joan and a song plays and my sad little emo kid self went, this is Dashboard Confessional. Yeah, they just play straight up Dashboard. It was the places you've come to fear the most. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, oh, this was 2002, 2003. Yep, sure was. Also, at that moment, because it's, it's when uh, Joan catches Cleopatra and Abe kissing. Mm-hmm. And they're kissing by the side of the pool. That song starts to play, and it pans up, and JFK is in the pool standing on a boat. Yes. And it's just like, what a wonderful joke. To, to, like, throw in that Dawson's Creek reference right there. Yeah, I mean, it's... I don't really want to sit here and go through this episode by episode. I think just talking about it a little more macrocosmically is the way to go on this one. Okay. Because um, there's 13 episodes, and I think, like... All right, there's a few things I have to... We have to call out specifically. Absolutely. Because uh, episode two, electric... Or election blue glue is an election episode where they are also uh, shilling... Uh, pancake mix and blue paint and calling it an energy drink. Yeah, it's... Which is a very 2002, 2003 mm-hmm. problem because that's when, ener- like, Red Bull was starting. I know there was a Suncoast I was not welcome back to after a Red Bull-related incident where I, like, took out a movie display. Whoops. Because <laughs> a boy I liked worked there. So, like, this hit home. Yes. And it's important to mention that the spokespeople for that drink are Elliot... Turk and JD. and JD from Scrubs. Uh, the writers would actually meet in the hospital sacred that was Sacred Heart. Really? Yeah, the writers would convene there. Wow. Because Bill Lawrence was already there. And what else was anybody doing? So they actually would commonly visit that set. So I guess it would just be like, hey, Zach Braff, you got 20 minutes? <laughs> uh, so... This episode also has another fantastic uh, celebrity cameo. One, Marilyn Manson. Oh, is in yeah. This Marilyn episode. Manson's actually like a major character in this one. And because uh, this is important, uh, there's basically Gandhi drinks nothing but this X blue drink. Right, which is paint and pancake batter. Uh, until he changes colors and gets real fat and, uh, and becomes malnourished. And Marilyn Manson sings a song about the food pyramid. Right. Because that was big in 2002. The ancient pharaohs were not too bright, they say. 
But they made one contribution that I live by to this day. It's the food pyramid, and it's approved by the USDA. Whole grains are the foundation, so please take my advice. Have five to eleven servings of bread, cereal, or rice. Three to five of vegetables and four of fruits is best. Their antioxidants and fiber help you to digest. Three servings of yogurt, milk, and cheese will help your bones and subsidize the cattle industries. A body needs to grow, and growing takes routines. That's why meat can be a tasty treat like fish or human beings. When you eat your sweets, make sure you try to limit your servings or you'll die. Everybody! My body is a pyramid that's made of healthy food. So do what we say, eat right every day. By American. And the song ends, and it cuts to Abe and Joan and a, a sick Gandhi just kind of staring for a moment, and then Abe goes, Well, I guess we did learn that. If you watch, there's a lesson in every, every single episode. Yeah. Like, there's actually, like, the the point that they're supposed to be tackling. They do successfully do it, but it's always a ridiculous thing. But... To put that kind of like bow on it, and I kind of wish this episode was later in yeah. the season, so it could be that like, ah, oh, well, I guess that was the lesson of the day. Right. Uh, the next episode is the like, is when Joan of Arc hears voices and it's her retainer picking up. Yes. It is brilliant that they, they do a great job with Joan of Arc leaning into the fact that she's Joan of Arc. Right. Because, you know, she's always been waiting to hear the voices, and then she does, and it's on a retainer. Later on, she will cross-dress as a man. Yeah. And on the spot, they're like, well, what's your name, new kid? And she says, um, John Dark. Which is the French. Which a character immediately lampshades. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, John Dark, you mean the name that Joan of Arc used when she cross-dressed as a man? No. No, that's not... Like, Joan of Arc's name in French is Jeanne d'Arc. Jeanne is Joan in French. Oh, I thought... No. I thought that was the name that she used when she no. was being a man. Then what's the name she used when she was a man? I don't know. I think I oh, think it was Jeanne d'Arc. No. Guys, help me. No, Joan of Arc's only nicknames is listed as the Maid of Orleans. Oh, I thought... Okay. I misunderstood. No, I misunderstood. Uh, Joan is Jeanne, and of Arc is Dark. Okay. D apostrophe arc. I don't know anything, guys. I can't believe how much you love this show. And I how, love this show! And I don't actually, know anything about it. How little you know about history. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, going back to my notes about the show. So. There's a lot of good, like, a lot of good history jokes. Like, the school gossip is Paul Revere. Yes, don't tell Paul Revere. Yeah. And they do, like, an ADHD version of the telephone hour from Bye Bye Birdie. Yes. Which I, like, there's a surprising number of musical theater jokes in this. The, the, the music in this, in general, is amazing. Yeah, it's, 
And I mean, Scrubs and the Lego movie mm-hmm. both use music really well. They're both very funny. So I can see, like, you can see where this is the proto-project for those people. Yeah. You can definitely see, like, the beginnings of these ideas. And they do the stunt, um, they do the stunt gay kiss in this, in, we're talking about episode three, they do the Gandhi and Abe open mouth kiss. Yes. Oh, they do the very special, uh, disease episode. Yeah, because they find out that Gandhi has ADD, and now everyone's afraid they're gonna catch it. Yeah, they treat it like an AIDS very special episode. And, uh... So to bring in the 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 message of ADD, they bring in Tom Green, who's insane. Canadian Tom Green. No, oh, it was two thousand two. Yeah, and he delivers a fantastic speech about uh, uh, ADD. That again, I used to do this speech in high school. Hi, everybody. I'm Ottawa's Tom Green. I live in Hollywood. Thank you. So some of you may have been mean to a kid with ADD. That's not cool. Coffee? Anyone? Coffee, anyone? Huh? Sorry. I like cotton candy. Check out my muscle. Potato chips. It's a Ferris wheel. So I guess what I'm trying to say is... Plastic bag! Plastic bag! Plastic bag! Plastic bag! Plastic bag! Plastic bag! And then, um, episode four, they do the Anguish Declaration of Love episode, where, I mean, this is a mainstay of teen shows Mm -hmm. of somebody has somehow recorded or written down a declaration of love for another character, in this case, Joan for Abe, mm-hmm. and she did it in her student film. Yes, the student film episode is great. And she tries not to get the student film shown, and in a really good subversion, it's so artsy and ridiculous that he doesn't get it. Yes, that <laughs> he doesn't get it, except for the... Per- Nobody gets it, except for the person sitting next to Joan of Arc. Go away, Sigmund Freud. Could it be any more obvious? (laughs) And that has a good joke of um, JFK never gets past the casting couch stage for his own show. He's just banging women. And so in the background of, like, most scenes, he is having sex with another character. And pops out of, like, a locker or the film booth. Like, I'm here with Catherine the Great! Or should I say Catherine the (laughs) So-So? I don't have a good JFK impersonation, guys. Um, did they ever make a joke about Catherine the Great and a horse? I believe they do. They do? All right, good. I believe they do. It's important to check that out. In the prom episode, I believe they do. Okay. All right. It's an important checkbox to hit. So, uh, then we get to the SAT prep. Yeah. uh, Which, which... another fantastic, it's not called the SAT, but really capturing the stress that, you know, high school students go through. Yeah, it is... It's their equivalent of the SAT, and they actually talk about, like, uh, Cleopatra wants to get into Clone State. Yes. So they have, like, a clone college. Clone college. Oh, that's a good pun. <laughs> clone college. Um, and there's one, like, nice... They also do a drag race episode, and that, I... That's this episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm still yeah. on... But they... I actually put a note of, like, this is actually a funnier dissection of it than Riverdale's. Because Riverdale recently played straight a drag race. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny that, like, these teen... Mm -hmm. Clone High is a deconstruction of all of the things Riverdale doesn't understand are funny now. Yes. Um, But this is where my favorite joke happens. Yes. Where uh, 
Abe had stayed up all night reciting facts to Cleopatra while she slept. Yes. To help her absorb information for this test. And hadn't slept in three days? Something like that, yeah. Uh, And then gets challenged to this drag race with JFK. And they convince him to... that Everyone's trying to tell him that he needs to sleep. Uh, So in the middle of the drag race, Abe does the responsible thing and pulls over and takes a nap. And JFK flies by and says, nothing bad happens to the Kennedys. And then his car flips over for no reason. (laughs) It's really funny. And then night falls. The sun comes back up. Abe wakes up and drives slowly past the car crash over the finish line where everyone is still waiting. Yep. (laughs) It's just like they stood there all night not helping JFK. And uh, one of the things I like is uh, Abe actually almost gets into a car accident before that, before one of the commercial breaks. And instead of doing the usual bumper before a commercial break, it's silent with white on black, or with uh, white text on black card and no music. Or the sound of a car horn, right? No. It's just silent. The car horn and then it cuts to the card. Oh, right, right. Okay. And that's such a, like, meta... they're so smart. Yeah, it, it's such a, a cliche. Oh, it's so good. I mean, that's a TV trope thing of like the silent credits mm-hmm. when like something really bad has happened. Uh, and this is also the episode where uh, Gandhi doesn't want to take the SATs because so, so he's going to become a trucker. Uh, and he ends up with this trucker friend who is Dr. Cox. Yeah, and he is very clearly Dr. Cox. Yeah. Dr. Cox, he's not doing anything to, like, change his voice. He's not doing a character. He's just kind of being Dr. Cox without extending words and being a trucker. Yes. So, uh, that brings us to the next episode, which is... It's the uh, the cross-dressing episode. It's when right. Joan of Arc is trying to prove that she is as good a basketball player, if not better, than the men... Mm-hmm. So this is the John Dark episode. Yes. And I believe this is where my other favorite joke happens. Forgive me if it's not. But this is where uh, Cleo, because she has new feelings for uh, John Dark, uh, is going to break up with Abe. And it's Abe and Gandhi walking down the hallway. And uh, Gandhi says, hey, at least things can't get any worse. And Abe says, why would you say that? Now something worse is going to happen. And Cleopatra shows up out of nowhere and breaks up with him. Yes. And Gandhi just looks at him and goes, Hey, think about it this way, Abe. At least it can't get any better. That's not how this works. This is not how this works. And then there's like a moment of silence. And then a $20 bill just flies in. And and Gandhi just grabs it. <laughs> Gandhi just takes it. Such a great joke. It, it makes me so joke. happy. I mean, it's a good, it's a solid joke. Um, and, uh, you have the classic, like, JFK finds himself, like, attracted to John Dark and feeling real weird about it. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know how to comprehend it. Which is, like, such a, I mean, going back to Shakespearean times, it's such a a staple of, like, a teen comedy. (laughs) You're Joan? Thank God. It was, like, it's such a 12, like, it's the 12th night plot. Yeah. And they do such a good job of putting that spin of, like, these are classic high school plots. Mm -hmm. 
but JFK and Joan of Arc are there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and they, and they win the big, they don't win the big basketball game. Right. They're playing the mutants from the rival high school. Yeah. Another genetic high school where they make mutants. And the bet is, uh, with Scudsworth and whatever the principal is there, uh, that Clone High won't be able to score a single point. Yes. And then Joan does. And Joan scores, yeah, a, uh. A penalty shot. Not a penalty shot. What is it? A foul shot. Free throw? Yeah, that's another word for it. Uh, she gets two two foul shots and she misses the first and sinks the second one. Which means that the, the principal from the mutant high school has to do Scudworth's laundry. Despite the fact that the last year Scudworth bet his own son. Yes. <laughs> It's a very weird... All the Scudworth plots are very strange. They're so strange. Have we gotten to try to catch me, bitch? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a Scudworth plot. I, I, I don't know. Uh, well, we'll just talk about it now since I brought it up. Sure. They're, they do a weird Looney Tunes parody out of nowhere where there's this, like, purple skunk. Maybe it's a skunk? That's bothering Scudsworth and constantly, like, tricking him into grabbing dynamite. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this because it has nothing to do with anything. It has nothing to do with anything. And then anytime like, it gets one over on Scudsworth, he just yells, catch me, bitch! And runs away. It's clearly, like, them trying to get a catchphrase, I guess. But it's, like, it even... When it cuts back to that side plot, it has a, like, Looney Tunes, Mary Melodies title card. Yes. So, like, they just are like, all right, during this part, we're going to have some parodies of Looney Tunes during the usual plot we have. Yeah. So, we're going to we're gonna keep moving because I want to keep the... Because we are just going through it episode by episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, with the 13 episode ones, I try not to, just because... We're skimming. We're getting we're getting through this pr- pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, the next one is the classic uh, one pair, half of a romantic pair has a, a big opportunity. In this case, it's uh, Cleopatra is essentially on uh, Spring Break MTV style show. Yes. Um, Ashley Angel's Spring Break from O-Town. Yeah, and it's Canadian, the sunny shores of Canada. That's yes. a big joke. And, uh, yeah, Ashley Parker Angel of O-Town. Yes, which they say that every time. Yes. Ashley Angel from O-Town. Which is great, because out of the boy bands, O-Town's one of the ones that, like, faded the most into obscurity. Also, they were owned by MTV. So yeah. So they could just, like, <laughs> use them whenever. Yeah, and he, he voices himself. Whenever you see a major celebrity like that, he has voiced himself. Yes, very true. And then, uh... So then Abe is trying to, like, kind of still put a claim on Cleo, even though she's... Away. <laughs> away. Like, he wants her to wear his letterman's jacket. hmm And she does, but not quite the way he plans. She, she shrinks it and wears it as a necklace. Oh, this show is great. Like, I'm glad we're not talking about, like, every detail. So you, if you have not watched it, you're a fool! Go watch all of it, because it's so good. Oh, and uh, Gandhi becomes a rap star? Yes. With JFK? This is G-Spot rocks the G-Spot. Yes. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. You think this bad boy's a hit? What's my name? G Spot! What do I rock? G Spot! G Spot rocks the G Spot. And uh, this is another speech that I do from time to time to this day. Okay. Of uh, when Gandhi can't come up with a follow up to his hit song, G Spot Rocks the G Spot. Oh, this is a good joke. And Kennedy says, hey. How do you put out an album for every holiday and I can't even think of another song? You just gave me a great idea. What if we take a sample of a song that already exists and you rap over that sample? I call it song taking. Such a dumb good joke. Oh god, it's so funny. Um, oh, this was the one with Scudworth and the skunk. Okay, all right. It was it was so weird that I had to bring it up. But they call this episode's called Gate Expectations because they keep doing the scene where uh, the character runs to the ca- uh, to the other character at the gate, whether it's you know Abe running to Cleo, Cleo yeah. running to Abe, Ashley Angel running to Cleo. Yeah, don't get on that plane. Joan running to Abe. So it's that constant pre nine eleven. Uh, plot that yes. you would see, and this was probably animated before nine eleven. This aired in late two thousand two, which yeah. means it probably was written and animated before. And this or is, doesn't care because yeah. it's a cartoon. Yeah, they they needed to play up that 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 trope that trope. But there's that moment where he stops Buddy Holly. Oh God! <laughs> is there any more? Is there any room on your plane? So okay, moving on. Um, the next one is the one where, uh, there's a house fire. Yes. And Joan's house burns down. And she and her foster brother, foster brother, foster father, move in with Cleopatra and Cleopatra's drunk stepmom. Or drunk foster mom. Yes. Doing great with the names here. I, it's, it's accepted that they all have a foster parent. Yes. Joan has the blind toots. JFK has the gay foster dads. Uh, I don't know if we met Gandhi's. I don't believe we do. And Abe's are like just very simple. Yeah. Like Abe's are just a normal uh, couple. We've gotten pretty far without mentioning the narrator of the show. Yes. Because every episode starts with on a very special clone high. And then the narrator just kind of says some stuff. Because I remember for this one, they were he was like, Joan and Cleopatra are going to wrestle. And he's and like the narrator's really into it, makes them show the clip yeah. like eight times. Oh yeah! It reminds me of um, the narrator from the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah, it's similar, and I assumed that was Will Forte doing that voice. I didn't the look narrator. it up. I, I mean, Will Forte does the voice of Abe, yes. but it sounds like Will Forte. Yes. Um. So, and this is the best episode for me for uh, Mr. Butlertron. Right. This is the one where Scudworth gets a robot dog given to him by the shadowy organization. <laughs> and uh, Butlertron... Gets jealous. Becomes very jealous and turns out to be right. Because they're always right in these mm-hmm. uh, plots. Uh, the dog turns out to be an evil spy. And Butlertron yes. kills him. Yes. Wesley. 
the next one's the weirdest episode. Yes. And actually my least favorite episode. Ooh, interesting. This is the Raisins episode, yeah. right? Because I have a lot of stuff to say about this episode. This is the musical theater pastiche, essentially. It's a rock opera. It's it's a rock opera. It's also the anti-drug episode. Yes. Because uh, Jack Black, who plays not Jack Black, but kind of Jack Black. Larry Hardcore. Yeah. Uh, says something like, yeah, I used to do all the drugs. If you told me you could smoke raisins, I would do it. And they're like, oh my god, you can smoke raisins? So they all start smoking raisins. Yeah. Uh, now, this was the last episode to air on MTV. Yes. And uh, what's really interesting about this episode, and I'm not sure if you caught it, this episode is full of subliminal messages. Did you know that? I probably didn't because I had to get ready for a party the next day. So this is the one I actually also like. I watched the least. Like I had it on but was also like folding my laundry. Yeah, because I think you missed one of the big parts. But at at times things would flash on the screen for a frame. Oh. There's uh, a moment where out of nowhere it says uh, Scudworth is your favorite character. Uh, there's a moment where Abe and Cleopatra are talking, and then for uh, one frame, they're naked. Ooh. Uh, but uh, it's like everything's covered. Right. But they're naked. Uh, there is uh, something about if you want to learn about raisins, consult your local library. Uh, there's a moment that I have pulled up that I wanted to share with you where JFK falls through a window. And then speaks gibberish. He's not actually speaking gibberish. He's speaking backwards. Okay. Abe. <gasps> Abe. <gasps> I am talking backwards and telling you to watch Clone High. And for us to get an Emmy, I'm saying that backwards. Because it's sneaky. <laughs> That's so dumb. Isn't it? <laughs> That's so silly and so dumb. Uh, the other thing that's really interesting about that episode is uh, one of the things that uh, flashes up, mm-hmm. it, it flashes up over JFK and it says, I buried Ponce. Which is the next episode. Which is the next episode. Which means if you were watching this on MTV and were like, what are these messages? And then you like went through and found all of them. You never understood what that meant because the next episode doesn't air. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, also, just before we move on, there's a moment where uh, Cleopatra takes a puff of uh, a raisins and the smoke smell- spells sex. Like oh, the, the Lion King. Like the Lion King. Uh, the musical theater pastiches are really good in this. Like, uh, they do the parody law dodging thing where you can tell it's supposed to be a certain song yeah. and it isn't. And I successfully got Jesus Christ Superstar, Gandhi, Hair. Definitely Hair. Tommy. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, the Tommy one's not even, like, subtle. Yeah. It's... It's oh. see me, feel me, touch me, heal me. Mm-hmm. It's... Really not subtle. Yeah, it's real good though. Yeah, it's there's a 
like I said, there's a surprising number of music of solid musical theater jokes mm-hmm. in this show. Yeah. And then the next one's the uh, very special episode where someone dies. Yes. And this is the... It's crazy to think that the last thing that aired in America of Clone High is the announcer saying, on the next episode of Clone High, one of the clones is going to die. This isn't a uh, publicity stunt. One of these clones is dying. End of everything! Yeah, because they don't actually show you Ponce in the, the end. I, no, they don't. They don't show you Ponce? They show you Ponce in the beginning of the next episode. Where they say, like, Previ- tonight on Clone High, someone's going to die. And then they show all the regular clones, and then they show the guy you don't know. Gotcha. Who okay. is Luke Perry. And Ponce de Leon is, like, Luke Perry. Yeah. Like, they, they don't they try make to make him, him look, look. They make him look like Luke Perry. Yeah, uh, another Riverdale reference because he plays fred andrews exactly um a lot of a lot of, lot of riverdale jokes yeah, here riverdale on, uh, Clone and, High. uh now there's also a lot of scrubs did we talk about the janitor we're about to okay we're, that's this that's this episode that's this episode so uh ponce dies from litter yes litter kills literally yes is the name of this episode he gets like a plastic bag in his head slips, hits his head in a rock. Well, the he, plastic bag fills up. He gets stuck in like a he can gets thing. He stuck in those can, those plastic can things you're supposed to cut up. Yeah. It's very silly. And he very... gets cut by rappers? I think the wind blows and like metal rappers cut yeah. his skin. It's, it's very over the top. And the last couple episodes do the adult swimmy. It gets a little violence as a punchline-y. For the, but only in the last two or three episodes. Yeah. Um, so he's JFK's best friend, who of course has been here the whole time and has been very important to JFK. Um, but when you have a one season show, it's even funnier that they do this because they're clearly doing the deconstruction of, look, he's a character that literally didn't exist, but we're going to pass him off as being a best friend. Yeah, as being beloved. And JFK's eulogy is so good. It really is. Ponce de Leon was my best friend. He left me these pants. They're Ponce's pants. Ponce's pants. Stand up! I know you're not really dead. Stand up or I'll suck you one! Oh my god. I just killed my dead friend! Pods, I'm gonna sleep here next to you. Ah! I was in a coffin with a dead guy! Ah! But the thing that's really interesting is uh, Ponce de Leon's foster father is the janitor of the school, uh, who is voiced by Neil Flynn, who plays the janitor on Scrubs. And the janitor's name in Clone High is explicitly Glenn. Which is the janitor's name on Scrubs! Yes, and he's drawn to look like the janitor yeah, from Scrubs. It's not, he's essentially the janitor from Scrubs. He, yes. Yeah, and, you know, they said in Scrubs that on the last episode of Scrubs they would give away the name of the janitor. 
They gave away the name of the janitor in 2002 in Clone High. Yes. Hi, I'm Glenn. I'm the school janitor. Ponce was like a son to me. Probably because he was my foster son. My dead foster son. <laughs> son, I just want you to know... Oh, janitor! Some kid vomited in the hallway. Could you make with the sawdust and clean it up? Uh, yeah, but I'm kind of giving my son's eulogy right now. Ooh, yeah. If you could just do it now, your son will still be dead when you come back. And Scrubs ended, what, 2009? Yes. Um, the last real season of Scrubs uh, yes. stopped airing in 2009 when, before the med school season. So seven years before they gave it away, it was out there. That His met- name was Glenn. And, like... I was doing I was doing something with my hands when like that scene happened and I dropped whatever I was holding because I was like Noah Noah <laughs> Noah it's the janitor from Scrub Glenn Glenn <laughs> we've known for years is what you yelled at me and then like the funny thing is Glenn is fired as the clone high janitor yeah so theoretically he then just goes to he gets Sacred job at Sacred Heart. Heart yeah his son is dead he has nothing to live for. <laughs> In uh, exclamation. Which would explain why he would never talk about his past. Yeah, it's real weird. Yeah, it's like the truth of his life is he had a clone son of Ponce de Leon who died. Yeah, you heard it here first, guys. In a litter accident. And it's why he gets so mad at JD for leaving a penny somewhere. Yeah, leaving a penny in litter the Litter kills, JD. Literally. Uh, so, God, that, it's such a shame because... That might be the best episode of Clone High. Oh, it is an amazing episode. And, like, the fact that it never aired is so painful to me. And then the next one is the Christmas episode. Yes. Which is... It's not the Christmas episode. It's the Snowflake Snowflake episode. It's Snowflake Day because it's it's uh, multi-cultural. It's the the politically correct holiday. Yes. Instead of everyone having their individual holiday, it's Snowflake Day, which... The official food is lamb tacos. Yes. And spices are and really spices important. are important and there's some sort of the pirate. pirate. Yes. They and tell uh, secrets too. Mandy Moore is the lovable sad urchin. But she's drawn to look like Mandy Moore and every character says, "Are you Mandy Moore?" Mandy Moore? No, I'm just wearing a microphone. <laughs> and like she's clearly not built like a starving person like they draw a sizable chest on the orphan yes um so that one's okay well that that's the one where they are clearly doing a parody of uh the Grinch who stole christmas in the beginning it's very yeah. very whoville uh, yeah and then like joan of arc tries to sabotage the holidays so she's doing the grinch thing mm-hmm she, she puts razor blades in the tacos, I think. She does a whole lot of stuff. She, like, spikes the punch, and then JFK drinks it. And is like, this is great. Uh, and uh, Abe gets a job to buy a present for Cleopatra, and then doesn't end up with enough money, so she he makes her something. But that's not good enough, because Cleopatra wanted something expensive. Yeah. And he makes the Nork... The Nork, the the part knife, part fork. Which is essentially the precursor to Knife French for kids. 
So, I, I mean, you can definitely see Scrub's hands all over the show in mm-hmm. general. Uh, and then I think the next one might be your favorite episode. Well, just real quick, uh, I loved... We have to talk about how funny the credits are. Because if you pay attention to the credits, there's like little jokes in there. Yeah. Because the credits said uh, special guest Mandy Moore as herself question mark. Yes. Which I thought was amazing. Um, the, the next one I think is your favorite. Makeover, 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 makeover. I mean... I did sing that song for a while. You're, you guys have like <laughs> dinner tonight. Makeover! Makeover, 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 makeover. One last thing. You were still doing it. Me and you. It's the two-part season finale. It's uh, prom, because it, of course it's prom. It's high school. Um, and you always end on prom. Yes. And uh, Cleo... Now, the thing I found crazy about this is they called promposals. Yeah, this is kind of pre-promposals, but... Because, like, I graduated high school in 2005, and promposals weren't really a thing yet. Like, you just asked a girl to prom, like a normal mm-hmm. person. Um, and now, like, now they're obviously very elaborate, and people rent billboards and do all sorts of crap. Um, but Cleo wants an elaborate promposal mm-hmm. from Abe, who is her boyfriend. Yes. But Abe is obsessed with making sure Joan gets a date. Yes. Because he's starting to become attracted to Joan. He doesn't realize it yet. Yeah. He's just like, Joan is my friend. I want to give her a date. Right. And and he never really thinks it's him. He just wants to make sure she doesn't go... Alone. Alone. And so everyone tries to give her a makeover. Only Cleo's goes well. Yes. And then JFK gives Gandhi a makeover, and the first thing is... My my third note in this entire series in my notes page was, JFK has a butt. Yes. The first thing he does to Gandhi is stuffs his pants with socks to give Gandhi to a butt. To give Gandhi butt. a butt, yes. And, and it, it should be uh, noted that the only reason he's giving uh, Gandhi the makeover is because he made a bet. He, it's the she's it's, all that. Yeah, it's that cliche. It's like, ah, oh, you could get any loser a date. And then uh, Scudworth's plot, which is actually important and we need to address yeah. it in this one. Uh, Scudworth's plot is that he lost out prom king to John Stamos. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's still bitter and he's trying to win prom king of Clone High. Yes. With John, Butler Tron's help. Because John Stamos calls him every year to remind him. So Butler Tron gives him a... Makeover, 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 makeover. 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 <laughs> so, that segues right into the next one. Oh, and Marie Curie is, like, they start... Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about Marie Curie, which is a great joke. Uh, They start kind of... But they also start, like, a ship tease mm-hmm. with her and Gandhi. Yes. Because her, uh... She's a mutant because the radium irradiated her DNA, so her clone didn't come out correct. But it's really not... She's not treated poorly because of it. Uh, In fact, she's actually being treated as a romantic interest Mm -hmm. by Gandhi. Let's take a brief moment to talk about the side characters. Yes. 
because John Washington Carver's there. George Washington George, Carver. I'm sorry, George Washington Carver is there. And, and she, his mutant peanut. He is a mutant peanut because all he cares about are peanuts. And that's Turk. Oh, is that Turk? It's Turk. Oh, that makes sense. And uh, uh, who else was really important that I was just about to bring up? Uh, the, he's gone from my brain Julius forever. Caesar is like... Julius Caesar. Julius oh. Caesar's actually JFK's friend. Jesus Christo. Oh, yeah, who's Jesus? Who is Jesus Christ, who's always... He's in carpeting... Uh, carpeting. Carpentry? Carpentry class. And accidentally shoots himself with a nail gun. Yeah, it's... And he's kind of like a laid-back hippie type. Like, he always wears a beanie. Well, he's also Hispanic. Yeah. Because he's Jesus. But he's also, like, that kind of just, like, laid-back bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is... I imagine what Jesus would be like now. Like, just a yeah. laid-back dude. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's so good. And then there's, of course, all the women that Gandhi desperately uh, tries to ask out. Yes. And I feel like you should perhaps talk about this moment. So there's a really dumb, deep-cut musical theater joke here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asks... He goes through a bunch of women and asks them. He asks, like, all three Bronte sisters. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Clone High, good job for recognizing that there are three Bronte sisters. Yeah. You didn't just... You didn't forget Anne. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do. I actually was like, oh my god, Anne Bronte's here. <laughs> They're nerds. Yeah. And then he asks Ava Perone. And she holds out across and yells, keep your distance. Which is like a reference to the song Don't Cry For Me Argentina. Which, to be fair, the movie Evita had just come out like a few years prior. Mm-hmm. So I think that joke went better then than it would today. Like, you know, 16 years later. Yeah. But it's such a throwaway line, and I was dying. Yeah, we had to stop the episode for a moment. I had to recover for a minute, because it was just such a... I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Uh, And I I might cry at the end of this. Yeah? Uh, We get to our final episode, and uh, Joan is, is going to prom with jfk because she's made herself a in her words i believe she calls herself a giggly slut a giggly slut to try to make uh abe jealous jealous, but then kind of like sees jfk as a nice dude well because she and jfk have like a good dawson's creaky moment outside where he talks about how he likes her better when she's not pretending Right. Which is such a Dawson's Creek thing of, like, mm-hmm. the really popular guy kind of takes a shine to the, like, weird outsider girl. Mm-hmm. And while this is happening, uh, Abe and Cleopatra are about to have sex, but when she gets naked, she only, Abe only sees Joan's face. On, as, like, sensor bars. Yeah. And he's like, what could this possibly mean? And he tries to go in to kiss one of them, which is funny because Cleopatra's like, no, you just called me Joan three times. And uh, Gandhi does the Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Where he uh, he leads all of the other school outcasts to try to find them dates. Yes. And ends up with uh, Mayor Marie Curie. And then uh, we ha- Marie Curie. And then um, there's the plot where the shadowy figures are going to abduct all the clones and weaponize them. Mm-hmm. Scudworth wants to protect them. Uh, he wins prom king. John Stamos shows up. He wins prom king. Because yes. of course he does. 
And then John Stamos sacrifices himself to save the clones, and they are flash frozen, and that is the end of the series. Well, it, sh- it should be mentioned that uh, they're in a meat locker. Yes. Because the gymnasium's being rebuilt. Yes. Uh, and they end up in this meat locker where they discovered uh, JFK and Joan of Arc have just had sex. Which, if you pause it at the right time, uh, you can see Joan's breasts, but instead of nipples, it says, nice try. Because you tried. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. That's pretty funny. Uh, so, there's this moment where Joan is now with JFK. Abe wants to just pour his heart out. Shadowy figures are everywhere. All the clones are in the freezer, including John Stamos. Scudworth goes outside and freezes all of them. Yes. And that is the end of the show. Yep. Uh, So, what this means is they're all still frozen in that meat locker. They could just do another season whenever. And it would make sense in the canon of the show. Yeah, so we're, we're about an hour deep into this podcast. Uh, we, we went on a little longer than... Yeah, because of our love. Yeah, I was trying to... That's, that's why I was trying to be like, okay, 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 because I wanted to actually talk about, like, the non-summary version. Yes. Um, so you said you had some information you were holding out on me. Yeah, what I was holding back was the, the subliminal messages. Okay. And, what, and I was a little afraid when I looked them up that they might be the reason it got canceled. No. So I I do not know why this show got canceled other than it's a crime that it did. Gandhi. Gandhi. Um so MTV India was not amused. Really? I mean Gandhi is a major sacred figure in India. And uh they MTV was going to lose their broadcasting license. Really? Yeah. Like uh several members of Indian Parliament Went on a hunger strike oh, because of no. the show. So essentially, if they had gone with another historical figure, the show would have run longer. It, that's crazy because if memory serves, Buddha is there. Buddha is a character who never speaks but is seen in the background. And right. I, I kind of had that thought where I was like, I wonder why Buddha doesn't talk. I wonder if it would upset people. So, because uh, Bill Lawrence is quoted as saying, if he were given a time machine, he would go back and say, like, hey, no one here really knows much about Gandhi, but he's an iconic and almost deity-level person to a certain part of the world. Uh, we should have a different guy if we're going to have him obsessed with dry humping and getting loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, and Gandhi's That would have been a great Napoleon. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, Napoleon's... Abe Lincoln's terrible boss. In one oh, episode. yeah, yeah. Napoleon does show up. But the problem is that, like, Gandhi's also objectively the worst portrayed of the main five. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone else kind of, like, isn't a straight comedy character as much. You know what's really weird to me about this whole thing? Hmm. This isn't the first time MTV's made fun of Gandhi. Right. Gandhi fought Attila the Hun in Celebrity Deathmatch. I think it might be a little bit different for it to be a one episode. Yeah. Like, it probably 
could have gone under the radar as one episode. Maybe they didn't send that episode to MTV India. Hmm. It's just, it's very interesting, especially since Attila the Hun is also a character in Clone High. Right. Uh, and th- they they do the kind of the same thing in Celebrity Deathmatch. They, uh, they bring him back in a time machine and something goes wrong and Gandhi's insanely violent. It's the civilization glitch. And Gandhi, like, murders everyone in the building. Yeah, I think it's easier for them to, uh, like, just not ship over an episode or ban a specific episode. Yeah. But, like, they couldn't air Clone High without Gandhi. And it was an offensive portrayal to them. And they literally went on a hunger strike. And MTV almost lost their broadca- broadcast license, and they pulled the show because of it. I, I will say that... Uh, the show was airing during the 55th anniversary of Mahatma Gandhi's assassination. Yeah. I, I will say I love this show, but I kind of super get that. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the head of Viacom, who owned MTV at the time, was in India. Mm. So it was like trapped in MTV headquarters because there were protests outside. Oh, okay. And, like, Clone High was not a big enough show to defend at that point. Yeah. Oh, Um, that's such a bummer. Because I always thought it was weird that, like, they showed it in Canada, and I was like, does Canada care? Does Canada... Because I remember there's a show called Street Smarts, and they, they had a Canadian on, and they were like, who's John Wilkes Booth? And they didn't know. Of course they didn't know. Why would they care about Abraham Lincoln? Um, so they they actually said they had a lot of trouble with like certain more modern people because of the state issues. I'm surprised they were able to do Kennedy, really. Yeah. Um, but there was 150 protesters on the 55th anniversary of Mahatma Gandhi's assassination. Oh. Um, oh no. But uh, so. Clearly, you you don't feel this show should stay doomed. I really don't think this show would stay doomed. But with that information, we can't bring it back. They had talked about um, changing Gandhi to another character when they thought they were going to get season two. Because they, they became aware of the controversy. And they also shopped a season two to MTV where Gandhi was just gone and no one ever spoke of it. Yeah, you could totally do that. Um, uh, now, they say, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller say that, like, they credit YouTube with keeping Clone High out of obscurity. Because mm-hmm. they actually, last year, did a retrospective interview with Entertainment Weekly. Really? About Clone High. And they said, out of all of their projects, Clone High is the one they talk about coming back to. Really? And they think that Clone High would survive now, because they... They cited specifically um, BoJack Horseman and Rick and Morty. Yeah. As being shows that are similarly cartoons with absurd premises, but also a lot of emotion. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good, like, emotion in here. Because I I didn't mention when we were talking about the episode, but uh, the bait and switch of we're going to kill one of the characters and then it just turns out to be Ponce de Leon... Had it had been one of the core, like, characters, I think I would have been 
really upset. Yeah, like, you did genuinely care about the characters. Even, like, JFK, who's an idiot, mm-hmm. was so likable that you couldn't really, like, hate him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just... He was an idiot, but, like, he's that high school idiot that doesn't know better yet. Yeah. And, like, even the side characters, if they were like, yo, we killed Attila the Hun, I'd be like, no! They needed him to buy beer! Yeah, like, Marie Curie, they needed to keep... Yeah. But I I genuinely don't think this show should stay doomed. No, I, I think it is too slick. It's too smart. Yeah, and it... I don't know if it'll have... No, I'm, gonna, I'm not even going to finish that sentence. I was going to say it doesn't have the effect because TV's not the way it was then where it's a parody and stuff like that. But I think everyone knows of that time. And I think watching it now, older and removed from that time, it's clearer to me that it's like, oh, this is a parody. Yeah. Because in 2002, that's just what TV was. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's a brilliant show... I, when they had Ponce de Leon's, like, in-memoriam card, he was born, this, his clone was born the same year I was. Yeah. So, like, I was exactly the age mm-hmm. that that was intended for. Like, I was a teenager at the time. See, I don't know, though. Because, like, all that stuff just kind of, I just related with it so much that I didn't see the parody of it. I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, these pro-, like. I knew that there was jokes and stuff like that, but I didn't get, like, the genre-heavy stuff and the, you know... They say something about, like, the SATs where it's, like, it's the one test that, you know, could kill your life or, you know... Yeah. And not realizing, like, that's a ridiculous statement. Just being like, oh, yeah, the SATs, that's what that is. Yeah. (laughs) So, this show is great. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's really... If you like history... It's very funny. Yeah. Uh, if you're I, an idiot, it's very funny. I I intentionally didn't mention a bunch of sight gags because I didn't want to ruin, like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to ruin the show. There's a couple just great sight gags that we didn't even talk about. Yeah. There, there's, a cu- there's a couple great lines that I wanted to just bring up so we could play them in this podcast. But if I did all of them, we'd, I would just be playing the entire episode for you Yeah, guys. and, like, it would also be a two-hour show. Yeah. Um... So I'm going to go ahead and say this one should be resurrected. Yeah, like, do maybe the Drawn Together treatment, just give us a movie. Yeah, I think, and I think Netflix or an Adult Swim would gladly take in a Clone High now. Yeah. I think, actually, more Netflix than Adult Swim. Yeah, a- absolutely. Because uh, Adult Swim has a trouble uh, past with things with continuity. My issue is more Adult Swim. The style of humor is too smart. Yeah, it's not real stonery humor. Yeah, it's not stoner humor. It treats the female characters pretty well. Yeah. Uh, it's. I don't think it's a good... But, like, this show would do really well on Netflix. I think it is spiritually a little less depressing then, but similar to BoJack in a lot yeah. of ways. Let's start a campaign. Uh, there are several on Twitter. Yay! I'm gonna tag them in this, uh, in this episode. Yay! Thanks for listening, people we've tagged in, from Twitter. Yeah, hi, we want to save Clone High too. Yes. So, uh... Um, <laughs> save Clone High 16 years later. 
these Twitter accounts were active as of last week. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, like, I did a little bit of research into what the fan community looks like, and there still is one. Yeah, there should be. It's so funny. So, uh, next week, we're kind of in the bridge between. Yeah, well, real quick, we we should say goodbye to the the ones that we didn't do. Yeah, Because there's a few plots here that we didn't dig up. Uh... Now that we've done the good family end game over, really wish we dug up Clerks. Yeah. Clerks is right there, and it's it's only six episodes deep. Yeah, I, we had to dig thirteen episodes to get through. Uh, yeah, what what the else good didn't family. we do? Uh, Drinky Crow Show. Shout outs to the Drinky Crow Show. I'm a fan of you, uh, and I I wish we had done you instead of the Good Family. Uh, there was talk of doing Family Dog. There was talk of doing uh, Baby Blues. Yes. Uh, An adult party cartoon, which if you have it... Yeah, we couldn't find you. Let me phrase it. We couldn't find it for not money. Yeah. Um, so if you uh, if you have it or have access to it... Yes. In the, in the long-awaited, uh, stay-tuned uh, Patreon. Like, yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll get to that one. Uh, yeah, so that one we needed to dig up. We wanted to dig that one up, and we couldn't find it. Uh, there's just so many just, oh yeah, cartoons we considered talking about. Yeah, I wanted... Just pilots. I wanted to do, uh, Father the Pride. Father the Pride, yeah, that's another one. But uh, we might still get to that one. Yeah. And, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other one that we need to shout out in particular as, uh... Uh, Mission Hill and the Oblongs. Mission Hill! Yeah! Uh, the Oblongs was actually requested to me, like, last week. Yeah, it was... Which we were already at the end of recording Adult Anim- Animation Month. Yeah. Because we do record these, uh, several weeks out. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, this should go up, I believe, in, like, Late September. This will be the last week in September, yeah. And uh, I'm going to break the fourth wall. It's August. Yeah, it's August over here. Um, so we're actually going to bridge between plots. Yeah, I noticed that there's a plot, like, kind of in two areas here. Yeah, uh, next, for October, we're going to do Spoopy Month. Yeah, the spoopy plot of this cemetery. It's a little, It's a little bit scarier than the rest of the plots, but not as scary as the scary plot. Right. And, uh, but we're not totally leaving the adult animation plot because no. we are going to watch a one episode wonder mm-hmm. of the amazing screw on head as requested by party of one's Jeff Stormer. There you go, Jeff. We're doing it. We're, we're, I've always heard wonderful things about this show. So I'm looking forward to sitting down and enjoying this one. Maybe we'll start on a good foot for once. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause right now we've been watching bad into good. Yeah. Because uh, Who Done It was the best of Reality Month, mm-hmm. and this was easily the best of adult animation. This is the best thing we've watched for this show. Uh, we were uh, coming home tonight, and I went, "Man, I miss Clone High." Yeah, I, I would, I would absolutely watch this again. <laughs> yeah, I probably will later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so until next time, uh, on a very special, stay doomed. Here's a random song from. Sp- Clone High to bring us home. Everything's normal, nobody's more than. Let's take it for granted. The cafe says, Open!
freedom will be here, that is a given. I'm Principal Scott, worth to power, I'm saving. Cleo, only Cleo. Cleo, 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 Cleo. Something bad happened. It probably sounded like this.